So folks get excited in springtime, but what they don't know is that spring is the absolute most difficult time in psychiatry and psychology. It's when people suffer the most. April, according to T.S. Eliot, is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Winter kept us warm, covering earth in forgetful snow, feeding a little life with dried tubers. We're not going to talk about dried tubers today, potatoes. We are going to talk about why is it that springtime is so rough, and more importantly, what can we do to make it better? Welcome back to Shrinking It Down. I'm Gene Boresson. And I'm Steve Schlossman. So what are we going to talk about today, Steve? Uh, look out your window. <laughs> look at the flowers blooming. Look at the smiling people. We're going to talk about spring and the fact that spring that we think of as this time of rebirth and joy, and, and it is all of those things, also weirdly is associated with those highest rates of psychiatric problems, the busiest psychiatric emergency rooms of any time of the year. The so, highest suicide rate, and people think that it's like the holidays, but it's not. Like it's the really, Christmas holidays. Like the it's Christmas not. holidays, right. yeah. It's not. But it's not like, it might, it might be Easter, because Easter is usually right. around. But, but you know, what we're going to do, we're talking about, you know, the highest rates of depression Which is, and p- suicide. And, and, and folks don't know that. It's yeah. not intuitive. Um, and, and it's intuitive to anyone who's ever uh, either worked in mental health or more commonly yeah. had mental health challenges. Everyone, every one of my patients that has a mood disorder or an anxiety disorder has, has had a real downturn since like the second week of March through now. Yeah. It's so been unbelievable. That, that is our topic. Uh, and we and we promise to get there, but we we need to actually just check in with each other. We haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah. Um, so what's what's happened with you, Gene? Um, well, my daughter got married. The final child. The to final be chapter. <laughs> the, March thirtieth, wow. in Vermont, in mud season, it was it was. It's usually a pretty <laughs> ripe smell with mud season it too. Was, it, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was amazing. Um, uh, it, you know. Did you, you did you walk her down the aisle? Yes. But you also played guitar. No, I didn't. I didn't. We decided that. No, but but we, she and I chose, or she chose, but we walked down the aisle to um, to Blackbird. Oh, so that was the song you were gonna play. Yeah, that was the song I was gonna play. But we decided we found a great version of it, um, and um, walked her down the aisle. And everybody said a couple things about this wedding. One, it was it was the sh- there was she only allowed, um, two like toasts at the wedding, <laughs> from her brother and sister, and then from the groom's side. So it was like the shortest, and everybody said, Ugh. and the ceremony was like, cut to the chase. <laughs> oh. So it was, it was, it was. But oh, it had, like it's sweet. It's good. It she was knew so, what she wanted. She, you know, she wanted to get it over with and be married. And, and she wanted people to be able to spend time with each other. And I must say, um, it was the best wedding band ever. I mean, everybody said that. And this band was Ten-piece band, they could do anything. And I went up to one of the, I went up to one of the lead singers at the end of it, 
um, and, and really thanked him for everything he did and, and how great he was. And it turns out um, he is, I said, you know, do you guys do this like all the time? He goes, no, this is just a wedding band gig that some of, we all do different things. Some are professional musicians and some of us have day jobs. I said, oh, so what do you do? He said, I'm a high school physics teacher in Chelsea. And I thought that was so cool because this guy was just like, this guy could have been a professional musician and, and he's basically teaching kids in Chelsea. Wow. Physics, high school physics teacher. That's fun. I'm going to my brother-in-law's wedding in a couple of weeks and I'm supposed to sing with them in their band. Um, his his fiance uh, is actually a member of the band. She plays bass and they do like Led Zeppelin and ZZ Top and all this stuff. She's incredible person. Who was, who was the band? Uh, it's not a famous band. It's just a band that she's formed, and they're really, really, really good. Wow, that's um, great. Yes, yeah, so that'll be fun. What are you going to sing? Uh, so I don't know yet. Um, they, they're they going to have a hard rock section or a kind of classic rock section, and they're also going to have um, a love song section. Oh. I would like to do, there's that Elvis song, um, the Take My that was, that was that was That was her song. Who her? You're her? Yeah, You're, Caitlin decided yeah. that the first dance was I Can't Help Falling in Love with I You, Elvis. It's yeah. such a lovely song. It's a great song. Yeah, so I'm, I I think I'll sing that. And then they were thinking um, Johnny Be Good would be the up-tempo That'd one, I would sing. You're not going to try at last, are you? I'm not going to do what? At last. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no. So, that yeah, no, that's, that's, that's what I got going on in May. And then tomorrow I go out of the country and take my first and probably my last surfing lesson. Uh, because my daughter really wants me to learn to surf with her. So, so you, you're going to Costa Rica? I am, yeah. Have you been there before? Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, we are third time. Oh, there. wow. So you're going to um, be going to the southern coast or to the western coast? We or, are I going mean, to the Guanacaste region, which is the nearest big city, Liberia, which you can fly directly into, and we will um, be st- staying near the coasts, and it's, they're kind of surfing towns, and um, but with monkeys, which is cool because I love monkeys. Are you going to look for the resplendent Quetzal? I will look for the resplendent Quetzal. He or she is, it's usually the he who's resplendent, yeah. or hard to find. Um, I saw one when I was there. Yes, yeah. no, I know you've you've mentured the resplendent Quetzal. It was, to it me was many totally, times. it was a total freak event. Yep, yep. No, it's it is a predictable event that you will tell me about it when I bring up Costa Rica, <laughs> but it was a freak event when you saw it. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that too. I need that's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. I'll pour some block. So, uh, so let's. So, do you think that depression is? Oh, that's a, the springtime. That was let's, a smooth segue. Yeah. So, speaking of yeah. spring and sun, and <laughs> right. I mean, this is my free association, like a coast and surfing and spring, and uh, so is it just in the northern hemisphere, or is it all over the world? Well, the, spring doesn't happen in the same month. But, but, does, no, but, but springtime, well, any time that it is, it is a, the spring yep. in a particular region. Yep. If is you it, look at the literature... The, that, same, the same events happen? Uh, well, not, it's interesting, and you've seen this literature too, it's the, um, the further north you go, some folks, or the further south you go, depending on hemisphere you're in, some folks will argue that you, that you get more pronounced effects in the same way that you do when the days get shorter. In the temperate regions. Right. Uh, so in the temperate regions where you have more distinct yep. changes of the seasons. There's this other bit of literature which is fascinating, which I think actually might actually 
have more of the key to this? Because for a long time, people thought that the longer days are associated with activating people's moods. So if you're depressed, you now have the kind of energy to act on that depression, even if the actions are self-destructive. So that's one theory. So, so there are right. a bunch of theories about this, and, and that's the, the, or, or, the longer... Or it activates mania. That could be another one, or activates yep. psychosis because people don't sleep as much. But... There are these really interesting studies that look at people who've had histories of having psychiatric decompensations during the springtime, and then they move from one region of the country to another where the seasons are still still temperate. So you still get clear demarcations between the seasons, but the allergen uh, um, population is different. So what uh, makes your immune system go a little bit haywire might not be present in this new region, especially going from, say, an area where there's a lot of uh, conifers and pine yeah. trees and things like that, to the desert. But that's so, but that's another another theory. So the one theory is the longer the day, the more activated you you become because you. The, so what I'm saying is, I think the money's going to be on the second one, the immunological one, yeah, where the the allergen theory, yeah, because because you activate the immune system and that triggers uh, neuro- inflammatory response, inflammatory, yeah, so yeah. inflammation. And, and we know there's all these inflammatory markers that are associated with psychiatric decompensations, right. people getting sicker. And then, you know, the other thing is, the other reason I think that's where the money's going to be is people have moved to places that have much brighter springs with longer days, but lower allergen counts, mm-hmm. and they've gotten better, uh, those folks have. So these are naturalistic studies. And then on top of that, there's this literature that show if you treat people either just by accident because they need steroids, say, for something else, but you decrease the inflammatory response. So you use anti-inflammatories, right? With, with, get, like, is that same with like with with so-called NSAIDs or like ibuprofen? Yeah. So or, it hasn't been so um, much ibuprofen as much as it's been uh, sometimes corticosteroids, and obviously too much of those could make you. Well, sick. they can actually make you right. make you depressed or or, or manic. But there are some folks who have to go on steroids yeah. because of say they need asthma, asthma, transplant yeah. patients, things like that. They actually start to look better, and then on top, but only during the spring. But then there's just things like Allegra or Claritin or yep. Benadryl, things that stop uh, the allergic response, stop those, you know. Hit- so so do, would you recommend those to your patients that... Uh, do you? Uh, no, I haven't. But I've, 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 I've thought about it, but I haven't... I, I try to, you know, I try to base my use of any kind of medication, whether it's over-the-counter or anything, on stuff that has been shown to be clinically effective, and I haven't... Well, there are studies. There are? Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe I should change my yeah, my, no, my my my, my uh, practice. And also, if you think about clinical effectiveness, it's usually based on large populations, which is not the same thing as yeah. saying that individuals within yeah. the population, you know, will or will not respond. So, do you do you do you recommend Claritin or Allegra for it, as a simple thing to do? Yeah, not all the time, but I have enough patients who have a history of uh, having a really really hard time in the in the spring. And what's fascinating to me is they usually forget that they have a because you know a hard time in the spring. Part of me thinks, well, you know, they're remembering this is kind of an anniversary mm-hmm. response, but they don't remember it usually. Mm-hmm. I'll say, you know, this has been a hard time for you in the past, and they'll say, oh, you know what, you're right. It didn't uh, didn't occur to them at first. And if we can decrease their inflammatory response, as happens with yep. antihistamines. They sometimes look better, and I have two or three patients where it's really made the difference in. And I understand that two or three is not yeah. science, but there's a literature suggesting that this is a route we ought to go more often. And, and you know, there are other theories. I mean, to, for, for for the parents out there, um, uh, you know, among teenagers or young adults, so some of the other theories are if you have a, a mood disorder, um, and um, and 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 springtime is a time where like other kids are getting out, they're getting around, they're going to proms, they're active, they're in sports. And you can't keep up. 
you can't you can't do what they're doing. That yeah. there's a psychological um, hardship or challenge that plays into your mood disorder that that creates a vicious circle where you, you can't you don't feel that the the energized effect of getting out there and then you feel worse about yourself and you get more depressed and so yep. you know, everyone's is, hibernating in winter so it doesn't matter right but, but but now that everyone's getting out and then you're seeing everyone else having a really great time and being able to do all these cool things and you can't do it it it, it adds. So it's like all of the stuff that we always deal with. There's a biological component. It may be pollen or inflammatory response. There's the intrinsic genetic vulnerability of, of depression. And then there's the psychological effects of uh, and, the, and the social effects of what you, you're, you're, yeah. you're experiencing and, and what your peers are experiencing. Right, right. And what, I, what I've never really understood is, you know, all the beds right now, the child beds and a lot of the adult beds, too, in, in the Boston metropolitan area, they're full. They're all full. Yep. All the residential treatment centers are full. I don't really understand why we don't make more beds available during this time, given that this is a known epidemiologic fact. Well, I mean, we do look flu season. We keep beds available at the general hospital. We know that we're going to have an increase in pneumonia. admissions of folks who can't handle it. You know, can't on their own go home with the flu for all sorts of reasons, and it makes sense to hospitalize them. Why don't we? Wouldn't we save money, time, and yes. lives potentially? But, but you know something, we would also save money, time, and lives if we had more mental health professionals. If we had more, you know, I, this gets into a more of a systems and, uh, to some extent, political and economic issue. And that is, is that as as a field, as a culture, we don't we don't recognize the need for mental health services. We've been cutting back and back and back on mental health services. Because one, it doesn't reimburse. Two, it takes a lot of work. Right, right. And, and so that's like a different. We should do this as an entire podcast. But these effects, that negligence, f- we feel that more starkly this time yeah. of year. Well, I mean, look, the, the the emergency rooms are filled with psychiatric patients. That there's no beds available. The so borders they just get kids. stuck in the, in the yeah. ER. It, I think one of the things we can do for because part of what we like to do in this podcast at the Clay Center, all these things is is be able to tell folks what they can do given the lack of attention that society pays to these things. Okay, so what so, so what are some things what are some things thing, that we can come up with? Recognizing that there is a season yeah. for this is super important. We all know about flu season. We and and just knowing about flu season causes us to take some proactive steps. To so make we can it better. we can do preventative work. So Sometimes the beginning of preventative work is actually just knowledge, right? Right. And I don't say just because it's a small thing. I'm just saying knowing that you do worse in April might make you better able to understand Mm -hmm. that May, June, and July will come. So you'll say to yourself, okay, I can get through this because I've been here before. This is is a problem folks have. You, You can do that. You can also get people not to kind of overshoot in their expectations. People say, well, it's spring, go outside. You should spend all day. Don't just say, go outside for 30 minutes. So you're setting, the, you're setting others or yourself up for failure when, when, you, when you set, set those high expectations. a reasonable goal. Yeah. A, a, a goal that you can meet. And if the goal becomes hard to meet, lower that goal because it's going to feel good to meet a goal. I mean, if, if somebody's suicidal, they, they should see their doctor. I'm not trying to say don't see the doctor. They should see their doctor. They should call their pediatrician, their psychiatrist. If they have one, a psychologist. They should go to the emergency room if they have to. But the things we know that help people when they're feeling down, and we know people feel more down paradoxically this time of year, are the things that work all year round. It's getting outside, 
right? We know that. That's measurably useful is getting outside, is making sure that you spend some time with other people, not isolating. Even if you would rather isolate, Mm -hmm. not isolating is protective. We know that uh, for sure. Um, Exercise. Exercise. That's very clearly related to getting uh, better. It creates brain-derived neurotrophic growth factor, BDNF. Right. It causes neurons right. to regenerate. Meditating if you do that. If you can do it. If you can do that. Right. And and this is where people bite off more than they can chew all the time. You don't have to meditate for two hours. No. You don't have to levitate. You can do it for five you minutes. Can, like five, five minutes. Five, I, tell, I tell my patients five to ten minutes a day, and that's it. At most. Yeah. You don't need more than that. Yeah. I have um, tried meditating, and never once, Gene, have I levitated. <laughs> never once have I floated above the room. Oh, but you, it still maybe, feels may, pretty well, good. Maybe you're not doing it right. Maybe, but someday, <laughs> I, I, my understanding of meditation is that you just brought it to a very Western place, right? It's not about what I do. It's about the journey towards it. Oh. So if but, I but never... It, but you can't let yourself get frustrated or upset with yourself if you're not levitating. You've got to just let it, let it, you got to be there in the moment. Right. And it's a process. Right. And I feel compelled to say as a man of science that I would be awfully surprised if anyone actually levitates. Um, There may be the rare person who has levitated, but I don't want anyone to get frustrated if they don't. I I think we should should move away from that one. Yeah. The the point here is that there are things you can do. Well, here's the thing. But since the audience we're talking to are largely parents right now, um, although some some young people might be listening, um, one of the things that parents can do more, this is for all year, but especially at times like this, is be talking to their kids and talking with their kids about about their experience, about their feelings, about and, what to and expect. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And, and having these conversations. But, but also recognizing that the parents aren't immune from this. No, so the parents they're going to feel more or, or agitated. Or, they're going right. to feel more wound up this That's time right. of year too. So they, and then they start to feel bad because they're not as present for their kids as they'd like to be. So they need to recognize that they're not always at their best this time of year. Yeah. And in recognizing that and leaning on your friends and your partners and your colleagues, right. you, we can get through this together. We, I think what happens when we start to feel bad, and this especially happens in the springtime, is you walk outside and you think everyone's doing great because everyone looks so happy. The sun is shining, yeah. you know, or out walking their dog whatever, you start to feel that much worse. That's that phenomenon they talked about where in wintertime you don't notice it. But what you can realize is all those folks who are out, you've got people you can contact and you should use them because they will someday use you in the best of ways. Mm -hmm. And that's that's actually the ticket out of this. So awareness that this is a difficult time. Connecting with others. Connecting with others, exercise, setting reasonable goals, meditation if you can do it, and knowing that spring will run its course and most folks get through it but if you are having a hard time do not hesitate to say to your doctor or your clinician or your parents or your teacher i don't know what's going on but this is a rougher time for me can i get some help but that's right asking for help is critical for all of yeah. this so that's that's great um well so wrapping this up we we like to um end the show with talking about What's in the news? Well, you, I mean, speaking of spring and the way it agitates people, you were quite agitated earlier today about the news, as as you and I were talking, in all sorts of understandable, believable ways. The the news is just just unbelievably scary and and, and, uh, terrifying every day. Now, as you know, I'm, I'm kind of addicted to kind of what's going on every day. But one of the things, and it, I got so worked up, and I won't go into all the stuff that's been happening with the attorney general and whatever, 
But what I was thinking about is how much it works me up and how that might affect my kids, my family, my grandchildren. It might even affect your practice. And my pra- yeah, it, right. it, it, and, and what I have to be able to do, because I, I know, for example, I have grandchildren around, and I'm swearing and, 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 and clearly upset. My dog knows I'm upset. He won't sit next to me when I'm watching the TV, with sports or with the news. Okay, so, um, and by the way, congratulations to the UVA team because it was like the first time in 200 years. Yeah. It was the first time they no, ever... No, not in 200 years. Well, it was, it's the greatest event in two... Yes. I have, I have a, a friends that, that are grads from UVA, yeah. and they said this was the biggest event in the 200-year history of UVA. So that made me kind of happy. But, but I do get worked up, and I have to be able to be mindful and aware of how my... Um, anger and my anxiety and my uh, level of stress affects my family. And, 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 I, and I lose it. And I must say, it's really hard to do. But I've got to, I have to be thinking more and more about how to hold back, to back off, to not get myself worked up. And that yeah. may mean turning the TV off or just putting music on or you know, taking a break. Yes, um, turn, I'm nodding now. Especially, People especially, can't see that, especially yes. when, 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 the, when the kids and grandchildren are over. Yeah, yeah, and give yourself a break. Yeah. You're not going to change it by screaming no, at I'm it. No, I'm not, I'm not. So what about you? What, what's, what, what's, what's... Um, the news gets to me. I, you know, come, I, I, this week was um, this amazing story I was reading about Venezuela and this just free fall oh, that's yeah. been in this country that was so incredibly rich in resources and still is, but actually hasn't had power for the last month. No power in the entire nation. Unbelievable. Because they just couldn't, you know, they were in an economic collapse, basically, so they couldn't keep their infrastructure together. And it it sounds, like, you read the stories, it's like an apocalyptic movie. And I was then thinking, we're kind of weirdly hooked on apocalyptic stories. (laughs) You know, like every like every fourth movie on Netflix is an apocalyptic movie. Every there's something going on where we're where I think sort of trying to grapple with the very news that you were just talking about, and then displacing it into our. But it's not. It's really not. It's the safest it's ever been. It is. The trends are all towards safer. Doesn't mean we should be glad with what's going on, but it's safer. And I was thinking, but I but I start to think what you're thinking too. And so I I guess what I'm trying to do is rein myself in and look at the numbers and say it's not a time to be complacent but it's also not a time to say the world is ending because it's just not it is not like these apocalyptic events we are not venezuela god bless people venezuela someone's got to get down there and help them but we are not there and i think we need to remember that yeah so well that that was preachy sorry it was preachy but but you know it was good preachy i mean there's good preachy and there's there's other kinds of that's very nice (laughs) <laughs> Please uh, get in touch with us. Anybody who wants to talk about spring, about um, getting preachy when we probably shouldn't, um, and uh, uh, any of your questions, just email us. We'll, we'll be sure to get back to you. I'm Steve Schlossman. I'm Gene Bresson. Thanks very much. See you next time.